0: You're listening to another episode of The Zag, continuing our series, social distancing mini-pods. We're joined by our favorite fourth grade teacher, Ms. Dozel, is here. She'll share with us what she's doing for her kiddos since school ended, for at least the time being, last Friday. We'll get the update on what e-learning means, what online learning means, all these buzzwords you're probably reading about. We'll also talk to her a little bit, what she's doing in her neighborhood of K-Town. Let's get to it. All right, Dolezal, when you first heard school was going to close Friday, what was your first thought
1: <laughs> um, how what, what how how am i going to how am I going to help these children continue learning? How are we going to reach our goals if I'm not going to see them and then I also of course, I was thinking about their families um who which of their families had the luxury to stay home um who had health care in case they got sick, um, which of their grandparents needed to be extra careful. There were so many thoughts going through my head in addition to the pressure of continuing to help them grow and learn.
0: So we're in day three of this experiment. Share with folks a little bit about what the plan uh, is for, for the week and then maybe for next week and kind of like what things you're trying to get set up. Uh, for learning to happen in a deeper way as we go through this. And then maybe also talk about, I know you've been chatting on the phone with students. What kind of things are you hearing when you talk to about-
1: them? Yeah. Um, so I think our first thing is to help them feel a sense of consistency. Um For many of them, school is a safe place. Um, It is the place where they go to to eat, to see their friends. Um, It's a staple in their lives, right? And without it, I'm sure their lives must must feel very up in the air. Um, And so to provide them that sense of security, we are... Um, calling, or at least at my school at Kip Reises, um, we're calling all of the students twice a week um, just to check in and see how they're feeling, how they're doing, um, to reassure them that everything is going to be okay. Um, and funny enough, they they actually are, are, my kids at least, were all totally fine. Um, they did not seem to find anything strange in the situation. Um <laughs> They went home with packets—a math packet and an ELA packet—that was supposed to last two weeks because that's what we originally planned for, um, and then a series of books. And so we've been talking about the work that they that they took home, checking in, making sure that they have a routine um, where they're still reading, um, and then secondly. We also, at this point, are trying to wrap our heads around what virtual learning is going to look like. Um, and so before we can start making any plans, we need to know which kids have access to computers and internet at home, um, just because digital equity is is very much a barrier to, to virtual learning.
0: What was the strangest or most interesting question one of your students asked you when you had them on the phone? Anything come up?
1: Yeah, honestly, they were they were mostly just questions about um, third and fourth graders are not uh, very verbose on the phone. Um, They don't have a lot to say. They're actually very awkward. Um, And so they, they actually did not have any questions. The conversations conversations are usually me asking a question and then um, giving me a one word response. And then I ask a second question and <laughs> then they respond with maybe two or three words. Um, so they, there weren't very many questions on their end. I think they were just really wanted to get off the phone.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. What's the short answer for any listeners, anyone in, in the alum community who might have kids of school age at home? What would you advise them to do as a very talented fourth grade teacher?
1: Yeah, I think uh, creating a schedule for them is the most important part, um, a schedule that provides balance um, in the variety of activities that they can do. Um, so making sure that you have an hour where they are engaging with uh, reading material, um, an hour where they're engaging with math material. Um and not necessarily always on the computer, right? Um, you can have an hour where they are on the computer engaging with learning material there, but then also making time for creative play, making time for outside play, um, you know, that in- incorporates social distancing. Um, and then also thinking about ways that if they don't have other children at home, ways that they can continue to socialize with other kids, perhaps virtually or over the phone. Um, I think that having a good, strong schedule for them is, is most important right now.
0: Yeah, good advice. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about life outside of the classroom, the virtual classroom these days, and life in Koreatown. Stay tuned. More coming right after the short break. All right. As far as how you're supporting your your community, where you actually live, and how you're supporting your neighbors, what kind of things are you doing so far? What kind of things do you have planned to do?
1: Yeah. Um, so when I heard that, you know, we were all encouraged to self isolate, I immediately thought of um, this one couple in my building. They're an elderly couple. Um, the man is very tall, and the woman is very short. Um, and she that's because she's she's bent over when she walks. Um, and I thought of them because I'm I I how are they supposed to go to the grocery store? How are they supposed to get the things that they need if, you know, there's a virus going around that is potentially lethal for them? Um, and so me as an able-bodied healthy young individual who, if I were exposed to coronavirus, would have a fever and a cough, and that would be the extent of my my illness, I thought that perhaps I could volunteer to run errands for them. And initially, my thinking was I was just going to print a letter and post it in my building, um, tape it to everyone's door and offer my services, provide my phone number. But then I thought of all the other elderly folks and immunocompromised individuals who live in our community um, who might not be able to have that assistance, don't have someone who can go to the store for them. Um, and so I reached out to some friends in the neighborhood um, and we are working on setting up a volunteer network of people who can run errands um, for our neighbors. I actually just saw a post on Instagram about um, a similar system set up in bed New York. Um, and so I think having a way to help our neighbors go about their daily lives without having to leave their apartments is going to be key in in flattening the curve.
0: Have you seen any useful or helpful city services that you want to access as well? I know from myself being on the neighborhood council and you are too, there's a a lot coming from a lot of different places and it can be sometimes hard to sort out which ones would be the best to advise to which people. Do you have any sense on how you're kind of sorting through your mind how you might pass that along to other folks who might not have access to that?
1: Yeah, um, so many resources. Resources have been shared throughout our various networks. I know there are spreadsheets and posts on Instagram. Um, I think thinking about um, perhaps food services is going to be the most crucial. Right, we have so many of the school districts who are now offering food. LaUSD, Compton, Lynwood, Santa Ana, and then even the KIPP schools are offering um, food for children. And we have the senior centers that are also providing food um, for the elderly. Um, Those are also allowing friends to come and pick up food for them so that the um, seniors don't have to leave their homes and expose themselves to coronavirus. Um, There is an Instagram account that was created. um, I think it's called LA COVID-19 resources, something like that. And um, it is compiling all of the resources that are being shared out there because there are just so many. and I think having it located in one place that it's accessible for so many people is helpful. I think thinking about digital equity a little bit more, though, we have so many people who need the services the most, who don't have access to social media. Um, and I haven't really seen a way around around that barrier yet.
0: Hey, last thing, a little bit of a lighter note. We've been taking a poll since you're pretty much hunkered down in your place. If you had to choose one board game and that's the only board game you could play, which one would you choose?
1: One board loteria. I have uh, a copy of Millennial Loteria, um, so I have a, a really fun time looking at el Twitter and and student debt and things like that. Um, sometimes I just play by myself just to look at the cards. I would say Millennial Loteria, hands down.
0: Good choice. I like it. Well, listen, thanks for all you're doing for the kiddos. Thanks for all you're doing for the neighborhood and everyone. Hang in there. We'll have more. Zach, episode's coming your way all week. There's a whole bunch we're recording today that will kind of spread out. But yeah, we've uh, got about 10, 15 schedules. So make sure to check them out, get them all the places you get your podcasts. SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, they're all there. Hear how really inspiring progressive leaders are handling these strange times. Until we catch up with you then, take care.